How about this fucking team right here? Dustin Brown, short-handed for LA. Score! Here is Goligoski. He gets leveled at the blue line by Dowdy. Food for it, cheer for uh, Kind of like it. Richard throws it in front. Carter, score! some swagger. Push come to shove, we're going to get it done. This is for you, Kings fans, wherever you may be. Well, the Kings won two out of three games this week and briefly had a cool flash of being back in the playoffs, but it was, and then it ended up being more like a high and a bye. They were there, then they were gone. It was very quick. Very quick turnaround. Well, that seems to be a constant thing with the Kings right now. Uh, because of the way things are, like other teams in the conference doing well, the Kings doing well, and then everyone doing poorly, and everyone kind of going back and forth, like, I've kind of stopped caring a, a little bit <laughs> yeah. um, that the Kings are out of the playoff spot, because then they'll be back in it, and then they'll be out again. So it's, unless they go on some other, like, eight-game losing streak, it's probably going to be okay. Yeah, it's been a weird season I think for the entire Pacific Division in that way because it seemed like for a while there was a lot of Pacific Division losing and now all of a sudden when the Kings are winning and we're like all right get back in the playoffs suddenly the Canucks keep winning uh, except for against the Kings and um, the Flames inexplicably winning a lot of games it's very frustrating <laughs> so but but yeah I'm not worried and I think it'll probably continue to be like this back and forth in and out through the end of the season and I'm not stoked about it necessarily but I'm also not worried yeah unfortunately the Kings have that reputation of squeaking in at the last moment so I guess that's just par for the chorus and what we're gonna have to deal with um yeah so let's see because like as we know in the 2011-2012 season it was the last game that let them into the playoffs so I think it was like I'd have to go back and look at it again but I think it was one of those weird things where they like played the Sharks twice in a row and then like they won one to clinch the playoff spot and then lost the other one or something like that if I remember correctly Uh, so hopefully it doesn't come down to the last one or two games but they've done it before (laughs) Um, so it's not outside of the realm of possibility for the Kings team yeah so the Kings right now just to make sure everybody knows exactly where they stand, they have a record of 33, 22, and 13. They have 79 points. That is one out of a playoff spot because the Winnipeg Jets hold the second wild card spot with 80. And then um, the Minnesota Wild have the first wild card spot, which, by the way, the fact that they continue to win, like Devin Dubnik has what? Had a record of like 20. 21 something something like an insane record right now he's really hot for them once again who knew that Devin Dubnik would be the savior of a team I mean the wild were like all but ready to call it a season and now they're in the wild card spot unfortunately because they're in that um unfortunately because they are in the central division they have they're still like five points back of that third spot that Chicago holds but goodness gracious they have gained a lot of ground recently and won a lot of games so they have the first wild card spot, and the Kings are up two points back of the Calgary Flames and three points back of the Vancouver Canucks. So even though they are technically outside of the picture, they're not at all outside of the race, even though I felt like that Predators loss kind of bummed a number of people out. I think it was like the the Kings have had a good week. So they beat the Colorado Avalanche 5-2, to two, um, and then they shut out the Canucks 4-0. to zero. So it's been... 
like not only have they won, but they've won pretty darn nice games. Um, so it was just kind of like, oh, well, they're on, you know, they're on a bit of a roll. So let's go ahead and win this uh, Predators game. But I mean, the Predators are good this season. I mean, we can't be too bummed out that they lost, especially with like the Preds just kind of outplayed them. So. I mean, yeah, for sure. It is what it is. I mean, I think the Kings were right back, you know, from Vancouver. They were a little tired. It happens. They played. It wasn't even a horrible game. It was just not their best. And unfortunately, you know, Jonathan Quick could only do so much. I mean, he really he only allowed the one power play goal. And even that was kind of like a weird out of position thing. And then the second goal was fluky. Like Jake Muzzin was trying to make a defensive play. Unfortunately, the puck hit his stick in such a way that it ended up being a pretty sweet tip in for the wrong team. Yeah, so that was just kind of like an unfortunate thing. But once again, by no means, like, yes, they did lose, and a weekend game at that, they should stop doing that. Um, yeah. Like, weekend games that a lot of Kings fans are at, so maybe stop doing that. Like, even though they did lose, they didn't look terrible by any means, so it's not cause for worry. So, I mean, the fact that they're out of the playoff picture, kind of a bummer, but, you know, nothing to be too too bummed about, since we know that they can, they can and usually do make it back in it. Yeah. And why be bummed when, despite the loss, something freaking awesome happened in King's fandom, which is that Andre Kopitar, officially a dad now. He has a new baby. Uh, it's it's too cute for me. It's, like, really unfortunate. I loved it. And, of course, like, when it was first announced, like, he sent out that tweet saying sort of, you know, we are happy to welcome this new baby to our family, but there weren't any pictures. And then they showed a couple during the broadcast, and I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> this is too cute. It was just really, really adorable. Um, so, yeah, an exciting time. There's another freaking Kopitar in the world. How can you be sad when that's true? The baby looks so small, Um in his arms. Uh, by the way, the the baby is, yeah. is Neza. Let's we're we're just right. calling it the baby because it's an adorable baby. little girl. But uh, <laughs> she has a name, and it's Neza, and it happens to be an anagram of Anje, which I find hilarious. Which I somehow did not realize until you said it. So, um, wow, <laughs> well done, I guess. Uh, I mean, I like the name. I don't know anything about Slovenian naming, but it sounds cool. Yeah, exactly. It sounds delightful. So. Good for them, um, for having, for being cute people, having cute babies with a cute dog. That's going to be an adorable family. Ugh. Um, yeah, where is the selfie, Anze, with uh, the baby, uh, baby Neza and uh, Gusel and you and your wife? What's up? I am waiting for the first, like, family napping picture <laughs> where he's napping and she's napping with him and then Gusel somewhere laying down as well, like on his feet or something. I don't know. I need that. Where, where is it? Is it coming soon? Because I'm waiting for it. Considering he's, like, considered, like, the, the Slovenian prince, I'm waiting for the oil portrait of the family <laughs> now. So if they could get yes. on that, too, that'd be great. <laughs> oh, man, that's pretty good. Um, yeah, so that's really awesome. And a nice off-ice thing. Um, I feel like a lot of craziness has happened in the NHL in general recently, but that's some, like, positive, nice, sweet news family edition, so that's pretty cool, even though he was like, I was pretty tired. Frozen Royalty had video from after the game when they were interviewing him, where he was talking a little bit more about it, how like they had gotten in really late from Vancouver, and 
he didn't really get very much sleep. He got like an hour sitting in the hospital or something. And so he was exhausted. Um, and he was like, uh, my wife was a little bit better because she had the epidural. So she wasn't in very much pain. So, you know, she's like stoned. <laughs> um, so she was feeling all right. <laughs> but yeah, but the, the good news is now they got a little baby to take home who is adorable. Very delightful. I, again, even though they lost that last game, they scored a good 10 goals this week. Five against Colorado, four against the Canucks, and then the one from Jeff Carter against the Predators. And by the way, that Jeff Carter goal was awesome. I liked it. I, okay, can I just say that I kind of thought and was hoping, with the way that that first goal was scored, that he would get another hat trick against the Preds. Because he seems be to great. love getting hat tricks against the Predators. Um <laughs> He has two of them under his belt, so it would have been rad as hell for him to have another. Actually, now that I think about it, it's kind of amazing that in that 7-6 game, it did not, in fact, like the comeback from the Kings did not include a Jeff Carter hat trick. <laughs> that that was not actually totally necessary for them to score six goals. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, back to the present. Yeah, I would lo- would have loved another Jeff Carter hat trick. Unfortunately, that did not happen. However, he is still the Kings' goal-scoring leader. He has 24 goals now uh, and also is tied with Kopitar for points leader. They both have 52. So at the end of last season, we were like, oh, man – really want them to have like a neck and neck race it's happening not in goals like it was last season but in points so who will come out on top this season um i mean kopitar is tired true he's got his old baby yeah and yeah but that would be i mean not like a not a huge upset necessarily but kopitar has been the points leader for the kings for the last freaking seven seasons or something so maybe does jeff carter steal it does he swoop in and take advantage of dude being a tired dad hmm let's stay tuned maybe he'll just end up getting like another like jeff carter will get like three more dogs and be equally tired (laughs) yeah right yeah totally the same pretty much right (laughs) jeff carter his army of dogs Yep. Speaking of babies, Tyler Toffoli is now a big shot and has scored uh, 20 goals. But yeah, I immediately thought of that uh, behind the th- scenes thing from uh, the Kings Weekly where Dustin Brown was teasing him like, oh shit, like you just got to score one more goal and you're a big shot. 20 goals, automatic. And here it is. He's a big shot now. And of course, like we had that nice long shot of him on the bench, like smiling and the Kings pulled out the piece with him smiling at Martin Jones, which was very adorable. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that it's was very cute. It, it's crazy cute to see them like smiling and giggling at each other because like everyone knows, right, you yeah. know, um, like we're not the only people that look at the numbers, the fans, of course, the players know, of course, they talk about it. So that was uh, kind of yeah, great. And it's exciting. Like he's good. He's a really good player. So um, he continues to someone. I, I think I saw somewhere that. Oh, it was the CHL Stats um, Twitter. And they actually just were pointing out, like, scoring leaders in the OHL. And randomly they mentioned 2011. And they were like, who were the even strength, like, point per game leaders that year? And it was Tyler Toffoli and Tanner Pearson. And so it's, like, always fun to have those little reminders that, like, right, they did so great at the levels before the NHL. And now at the NHL level, he is already a 20-goal scorer um, and has the potential, of course, to score more than that so that's really cool and i'm excited for tyler defoley how many goals do we think he's gonna score this season so uh, how much 
do I think Tyler Toffoli will score? Well, first, I guess we need to start with what he's on pace for. He has played 62 games. He has 20 goals. He was on pace for 26 if he was going to play the full 82. So we probably won't reach that much. But I think he could totally, you know, like he had a hat trick game or something. I, I think he could pull off a couple games where he scores two goals, have a nice like offensive burst and still reach like 25. That would be cool. It's possible. Um, I think next season he does have the potential to score 30 if he stays healthy. I'm into that. I'm fine with that. I want him. I, I really just want him to go on some crazy tear now that he's like tasted the sweetness of being a 20 goal scorer and is like, let's just be a 30 goal <laughs> yeah. scorer. I know it's probably not going to happen, but let me just dream yeah. here. Okay. I mean, I would be down for that. I would actually be down for it more next season because he has to get re signed <laughs> and the Kings don't have a lot of money. So um, he could stay 20 <laughs> for now. I'm happy for him. It's a nice until it's until it's like fisc until it's fiscally better yeah. for him to be a thirty goal yeah, scorer until yeah. it makes financial sense for me personally as someone who wants to continue to see him score for the Kings. Right, right, of course. <laughs> but I, but yeah, I do think he has the potential to in the next couple of years be someone who scores thirty goals once or twice at least. He's really good. Uh, yes, he is very good, and I'm very excited to see uh, how many goals he scores. Although one person, I just want Tyler or Trevor Lewis to yeah, score one more. That's who we're just waiting one. on now, Trevor Lewis. And then, of course, we still want Nick Shore to hopefully get his first goal before the end of the season. Um, but yeah, Trevor Lewis. And you know, I don't really care about him, but maybe Andy Andrioff could get or Andre Andrioff <laughs> could get a single point. The only person on this team that doesn't have a point besides him is David Vandergulik. <laughs> Who played in one game. Oh, oh man. Okay, so I guess we can sort of move on actually to talking about um, Andioff, our friend Andioff, Andre Andioff, and Nick Shore. Because actually, so Jarrett Stoll is out. That Connects game they played really well, but Stoll got hit by, I think, Derek Dorsett. And um, are there, he's now sort of out with an upper body injury, slash he might have another concussion. He's still being evaluated, which also sort of lends itself to the idea that his it might be his head. So he's been out. He was out against the Predators. He'll probably be out again on Monday when they play the Arizona Coyotes. And because of that, Shore and Andrioff centered the third and fourth lines, which coincidentally is a thing that we had talked about kind of, or at least I, I know I wanted to see, like Nick Shore center the third line. So now it's happening. Right. And none of the Kings really played particularly well in that game overall. But that said, they were kind of interesting to watch. Like uh, they were tied for the most successful zone entries or like the highest number of successful zone entries among like all of the Kings players. They both had seven. Andrioff led the team with the most controlled zone entries with five, but Nick Shore had the most generated uh, generated the most shots per entry with um, 0.71. I mean, I don't think Andrioff is going to be like a crazy great player, but I do think he has only played 14 games and not very many games in a row or not not very many consecutive games. So it could be interesting to see right. if he could develop into a solid fourth line center. And I think Nick Short totally has the potential to be a really good third line center. So I was glad to see them together, even though unfortunately it means Jared Soule's injured. I don't want him to be injured. I just wanted him to be out. <laughs> um, Play, but for another team. Like, <laughs> yeah. be okay, but just not for the Kings. But yeah, Nick Short has taken to the third line center role very, very well. Um, he's been spectacular at face-offs, um, at least in games prior. Um, I think it was something like seven out of eight he had won, 
Um, and then he was a true Jarrett Stoll replacement in the game against the Preds and was thrown or was given a penalty for covering the puck <laughs> yeah, with his hand. The, the Jarrett um, During a face-off. <laughs> the, the stoliest sort of um, penalty you could take. And it was pretty great because uh, Jim Fox and Bob Miller were talking about how great he was at face-off face-offs um, in the previous game and they're like oh and here's Nick Shore taking a face-off and then talked about it for a little bit while they set up and then Nick Shore probably <laughs> lost uh, that face-off so you know um, he's still learning but uh, overall he's been doing very well and um, the fact that he is a very a, like a very strong third line center for as little as he played it uh, or as he's played it this season um, he's helping other wingers score some goals I like it. I mean, um, we should mention that Rudy Kelly tweet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> While we're talking about from March um, people like not having to play with Jared Stoll, Rudy Kelly did send out a great tweet. It was about Justin Williams, who, and actually he, this included the game against the Canucks in which Jared Stoll played, but Williams and Stoll were not playing together um, for for that game. And Anyway, over the, those, um, the Canucks game and probably, I guess, the Colorado game, they also didn't play together. So over the course of those two games, Justin Williams picked up a nice five points. Um, Rudy Kelly's exact tweet is, Justin Williams has five points in five periods since being freed from Jared Stoll's stony clutches. Damn. I guess it's, we got to do a hashtag free Justin <laughs> Williams um, from Jared Stoll. So keep him on the team. Like, it, it's a dual. Let's keep just keep Justin Williams forever. Free Justin Williams right? from Jared Stoll. Oh man, yeah, that's unfortunate. And then to add a little bit more to that, as if we already have not talked enough about the evidence of Jared Stoll lacking lately. Jared Stoll and Mike Richards both have scored the exact <laughs> same number of points for the LA Kings this season. At 15, of course, Mike Richards was set down in January and thus has only played 47 games for the Kings. Jared Stoll, 67. 20 more games, no more points. And that's the funniest <laughs> thing to me. I mean, okay, that's a lie. The funniest thing is Andre Andioff not scoring <laughs> any points, but also the fact that and Richards was leading for a while. Like, Jarrett still had to catch up to him in terms of having the same that's number of points true. as someone who was down in the AHL. Like, that is... Nuts. Yeah, he has been brutal this season as a playmaking center. And and that's the thing. Like, I don't want to say that Jared Stoll doesn't have any value, but in that role, third line center, you still need guys who can set up people like Justin Williams. So he's not doing that. And that is a problem. Now Nick Shore and Andreoff sort of have an opportunity to establish themselves a little bit and prove that they can not be a liability to the Kings and possibly even actually contribute more offense. I mean, that'll be interesting to watch because Jared Stoll's contract is up. He might not be back, you know, next season. And so if they want to secure those spots, this is the time to do it while he's out. Um, Again, unfortunate circumstances, but that is also the nature of the game. But speaking of Mike Richards, by the way, who is gone but not forgotten, but actually back a little bit for a few days, or at least he was. He was actually, can I say that I totally forgot about him for a little <laughs> oh, while? No. That was like actually a thing when ever when the whole deal was like, oh, he's back for evaluation. I was like, oh yeah, he's been toiling away in the like frozen tundra that is, you know, New England. I had kind of forgotten about him and i feel really bad about <laughs> it actually well you know like out of sight out of mind he ha- it's not like he tweets a whole lot or anything or 
they talk about him a little when he scores a goal or something in Manchester, but that's kind of it. I think also because it's the vibe that everybody got was that he's not coming back, at least not in the regular season. So there was no real reason to think about him. And then it was like, oh, by the way, he's in Los Angeles this week. <laughs> so, um, hey. Yeah. Re- like, remember me? I'm here again. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I guess they're still evaluating um, his play and it's uh, a real chance maybe um, that if they need it, he'll come back um, this season. But um, there is the whole thing about they're only allowed a certain amount of recalls, so they want to be kind of stingy with them, making sure that it's absolutely necessary because they've already used one of their four. Yeah, uh, They've already used one of those recalls for Nick Shore just to make sure that he was able to play in the AHL uh, playoffs if need be. But Mike Richards is here. Don't forget about him. But we may or may not see him yeah. actually playing with the team uh, later this season. Yeah, I don't think he'll be back during the regular season at all because, frankly, they don't really need him unless, and hopefully this doesn't happen, someone goes down with an injury in addition to Jarrett Stoll. But um, if that doesn't happen, I don't think they, they don't need Mike Richards for the regular season. I think it's more they want to be able to have him around for if slash when the Kings make the playoffs. And they need to juggle some lines and maybe figure out some other kind of balance, like what eventually happened with um, Tanner Pearson, where he was not in the first few games and then was like, all right, what are we doing? Let's switch this. Sorry, Jordan Nolan, sit down. That kind of thing. Mike Richards will be available and around because he is someone with playoff experience when there are some Kings players. And although really, I think it's more on defense who don't have very much, like Braden McNabb, like Jamie McBain, like Andre Sequeira, who has played, I think, eight playoff games. So you kind of need guys around like Mike Richards, maybe, who have, you know, he's not going to score a bunch, or at least he hasn't for the Kings, really. But he is a more, you know, solid defensive player. So he's around if you need to put a guy like that in. Um, It's, I mean, Sequeira and McBain come from the Hurricanes, like cut them some slack. Like they're really not going to get a a ton of chances there. But um, speaking about Braden McNabb, he's really coming into form. Um, In that game against the Canucks, which was amazing for so many reasons, he assisted in Justin Williams' goal and assisted and assisted pretty damn nicely, too. Um, A lot of patience, a lot of watching the lane close up, kind of scooting away to get a better angle and eventually pretty much gives Justin Williams a perfect pass uh, to score that goal. So, I mean, he's doing pretty darn well Um, before, you know, there were flashes of him being kind of uh, careless with the puck kind of turnovers, but, you know, new to the NHL, it's kind of to be expected, but he's really gotten a lot better. One of actually the most interesting but very small moments from that stadium series um, on Epics, the show, was John Stevens talking to Braden McNabb and being like, I don't remember exactly what he said, but basically talking about how he needs to be ready constantly and sort of, I think they might have even touched on him feeling like he is part of things and ready to jump in if they need him and whatnot is confidence and it seems like he is finally settling into like oh I can do this and be a contributor and I think part of that too is he has been paired with Sakara a little bit and they seem to have some chemistry so far and it's really working out for him and he, he seems to yeah he seems just to be settling a little more so if and I hope of course that they do make the playoffs I'm excited to see Brayden McNabb get that challenge. Uh, yeah, he's uh, confidence is really the the word that's pretty spot on for that. Is like he's feeling a, l- a lot more confident in his position on the team, and uh, being able to take risks. 
you know? Mm-hmm. I know the Kings sometimes play a fairly conservative game, and especially if you're a new guy, you just want to, you know, do your job and, and not be too fancy. But, you know, um, now that he's kind of getting into the swing of things, he's being a little bit more confident, taking a few more chances, and it's paid off. So um, that's really cool. And yeah, if he if the Kings do make the playoffs, I'm really excited to see what he does as well when in a whole new situation, yeah. you know. I think actually that just reminded me, of course, the way that the Kings lost in that Predators game was off of that unfortunate moment where Jake Muzzin was trying to make a defensive play and it actually ended up tipping the goal, the puck past Jonathan Quick for a goal against. And um, I, I think it, it's interesting to think about where Braden McNabb is now in comparison to where Muzzin is. Like, I don't necessarily know if Braden McNabb will eventually be as good as Jake Muzzin. Jake Muzzin, I think, is someone who always had a lot of talent and then was passed over because of health issues early in his career. And now people are like, oh, right, this dude was supposed to be freaking dope. And he kind of is. But it, it was interesting to see that moment and think about it in respect to Braden McNabb. Like, oh, right, there's still sort of a learning curve. And even Jake Muzzin is still not far um, past the sort of benchmark for the people used to sort of determine a defenseman's game and how defective they are, which is, I think, 200 games played. And even Jake Muzzin is not well past that. So there's still a lot of room to grow for Braden McNabb, but I think I have liked what, it, what it, we've been seeing the last couple of weeks. Yeah, Braden McNabb, 62 games, 22 points. Yeah, He's doing all right. On a, on a team that doesn't necessarily score as much as maybe some other teams, um, he's doing pretty, mm-hmm. pretty darn good. Yeah, I like it. Some other news for a defenseman possibly coming back, Alec Martinez. I assume he has passed those two hard bike tests because <laughs> he was on the ice taking a really uh, like tough, rigorous skate, and I assume he will be back in full practices pretty soon, and there's no timetable on exactly when he'll come back to the lineup, but it seems like it could be not that far off. Which I am very excited about. Me as well. I mean, I appreciated the pictures of him in the sun looking very beautiful and holding some dogs up for adoption today. Uh, The time off has done him very good. Um, He looked very handsome holding dogs. Most people look very handsome (laughs) holding dogs, but he looked especially handsome holding dogs. But yeah, I would also like to see him back on the ice too. Like I appreciate that he's still around, showing his face, making sure everybody still knows that he's beautiful. But... I would like to see him play as well. Yes, that as well. Um, I think I think that's mostly it. Um, Tanner Pearson, there's really no update on his condition, although I did see a picture on Instagram randomly of him with a couple of fans, and he's wearing shorts, and you can totally see how, like, one muscle is still pretty defined, but the one that was broken is kind of like the muscle is a little atrophied. And I'm just like, oh, poor baby. <laughs> You'll be able to get back into shape eventually. I think he's like actually finally like gotten into skates now, you know, like before it was too soon. But I mean, his is, Alec Martinez is all up in the air because it's it's a concussion. So it's kind of like, well, it's different for everyone. You kind of play it by ear. But his as a broken bone is like, well, it's still going to be three months. Like three months is three months for that right. one. Yeah. yeah so uh, I'm sure as much as it's a bummer for us, it's probably even more of a bummer for him. Uh, watching the Kings kind of like, not struggle to make the playoffs or anything like that, but you know, it's not the easiest ride and uh, not being able to help at all. So here is a question. If the Kings do make the playoffs and they make a pretty deep run and Tanner Pearson is technically healed up and ready to come back into the lineup, would you put him in? in the middle of the playoffs. I would. I, I absolutely would. Like, there's no... I have no doubt that he would still bring something extra score. I don't I don't know if he would score a goal. Maybe score a goal. 
but I, I can't imagine that he would be, like, detrimental to the team. And I know that Daryl Sutter would have no problems benching him if it wasn't working out. So <laughs> I feel like it's not it's not some sort of, you know, big risk that you have to take. It's like, yeah, help you. Like, you know, give him a yeah. shot. Why not? Yeah, I think he's earned it, especially after his performance in last year's playoffs. I would – I'd probably take the chance. I don't – I think the only thing the Kings have to lose this season is not making the playoffs. But if they make the playoffs, I don't think they really have anything to lose. Like, you've won the Cup twice in the last three seasons, or four now since this is another season. But uh, if they don't go all the way, I think that's fine. Like, nobody wants to lose, but I I just feel like it's not that bad. Like, it's been good, guys. Great job. (laughs) Yeah, like, why not? You know, like, I maybe other teams, it's like, ah, I don't want to try anything new. You don't want to shake things up. Like, this is what got us into the playoffs. This is what, it's like, the Kings don't care. Like, it'll yeah. be fine. You know, they can take yeah. that risk. I mean, at least I would. I don't know what they're going to do, but I I might do it. I, I think they, I mean, they put Matt Green in after he had been out for most of the shortened season. So, you know, you never know. I mean, he's a defenseman, so it's a little different, but. I know, but when it comes That's to the, the comparative talent levels um, <laughs> in their respective positions, I mean, Fucking put Tanner Pearson back <laughs> in the fair. game. That is very fair. Um, especially if it's like, it seems like Dwight King has gone a little bit cold. So if that's still sort of the case, why not put him back on at second line and see what happens? But that is a question for the future as they still have to actually focus on making the playoffs and Tanner Pearson still has to um, heal and get, then get back into game shape. There's, yeah, there's a lot of conditional uh, things that, that hedge off this little like talk no, that we're sure. having. For sure. But you know, I'm just saying if, if that timetable of like three months or so holds, let's say, and he was ready, if those pieces all came together, but Wait, we know there's still a lot of time left before that's really a real question that has to be answered, if at all. Yeah. Oh, about the regular season, speaking of, because like earlier we were talking about how dramatic they are. I did like in the piece, actually, when he was commenting on Mike Richards in the little Sportsnet piece that was posted about Richards being in Los Angeles, Dean Lombardi was like, this is a team, like still he was saying like the biggest asset to this team is that these guys care a lot about each other. But then he also was like, they never give up, but they kind of, it seems like they like to have their backs against the wall, which A, stop doing that. Stop being that dramatic. That's too much. (laughs) Um, But also it it was interesting to have him just sort of say it like for it, for them to be as like comfortable in that as fan. I mean, not comfortable for fans because we're frustrated, but used to it at least where it's like, you don't want to say that the Kings turn on a switch, but everybody kind of is like, well, this seems to be what the team likes to do. So (laughs) here we are again. Yeah. I, I mean, they do something different every time to make it into the playoffs. I would like for one season for them to just, like breeze right in yeah when that season is i do not know if that season will ever happen i do not know but you know one can one can wish yeah i i would hope for that as well but see now they're like we had to figure out a way to make things even more dramatic after last season so maybe they're like we're gonna wait till the last freaking game against the sharks and those two points will be the points to get them in and then they're finally gonna play all four seven game series (laughs) to win the stanley cup Maybe they could do it. Maybe this is the year. That would be horrible. <laughs> I'm, like, thinking of how tired I would be. I'm not even playing these games, but I would be so tired. <laughs> All of us so just exhausted and stressed out. And, like, I'm really glad that you did it, but that was... Also poor. I would be oh, poor. Yeah, for sure. By a large margin. <laughs> One thing I was thinking about watching that Nashville game, actually, was despite how crazy that 7-6 OT game was, a Kings Predator series would be super boring. <laughs> And I hope it doesn't happen. Oh, yeah. Me, that would not be fun. Like, we watched the uh, Penguins game, 
and the score was zero one at the when all was said and done. But it was still like a, fa- and I mean, it was kind of boring, but it was still, you know, there were still things happening. Yeah. Uh, I was less scoring, and you know it was fine. But this game ended. Too- it was boring. It, was, <laughs> it boring. was boring, and so are most games between the Kings and the Predators, with the exception, of course, that one game that had thirteen goals. Because why not? But yeah, so it made me wonder. I mean, I guess the most likely matchup in the first round for the Kings, assuming the Canucks stay in, would be Kings Canucks. But um, oh, that would be the f- oh, that would be the best. <laughs> it would be yeah, it would be great for Kings fans because it would just be a lot of fun, and also the Kings are better than them. Um, but it did make me sort of wonder yes. like what other matchups would be really good. What if in the playoff it would never happen because they're too close in the standings? But what if somehow there was a Kings Flames series? I wouldn't, I wouldn't watch it. I would throw myself into the <laughs> ocean because it would be so agonizing. <laughs> Every single one would end in like triple OT. Um, I'd have to hear so much about Johnny Hockey. Oh, so true. They they shouldn't be winning. Their one of their best players is out, um, and it's just infuriating watching like that game against the Senators. Senators were up four to zero. No. Guess who came <laughs> back to tie it up to force overtime and then a Ugh. shootout? The Calgary Flames did. I. I don't hate them, but it's I hate just them. frustrating. I hate them a lot. It's frustrating. They're very bad. Why do they keep winning games? I hate it. <laughs> I wish they would stop. And I hope they stop soon so that the Kings can make the playoffs, and they don't. A Kings-Flames series would be brutal because it would be like, especially right now, because it would be so full of PDO shenanigans and... It would oh, be yeah. really frustrating. Yeah, it would be horribly frustrating. Since there, there, no one would. There wouldn't be like a runaway victory. Yeah. It would be like two to one, then two to two, then two to three, and then three to three. Like it would just be that <laughs> until it was like four four. Um, we're going into third overtime, and I'm just physically and emotionally oh, exhausted. No. And it's like it's like game one, <laughs> you know. And I'm just like, oh god, it's already awful. <laughs> I did like, oh, I just remembered the quote that you showed me and then was posted to Twitter from Ken Hitchcock because when the Kings oh were gosh. briefly back in the playoffs, <laughs> they were matched up. Like if the playoffs had started that day, it, they would have been against the Blues. And we are all familiar with Kings Blues series and the Blues are probably not excited about that possibility. But that quote was hilarious. That quote was the great, like, greatest thing ever. I want to do like a class <laughs> on that quote and like breaking down exactly what he means by that weirdo me- metaphor. It was just, it was fantastic. Okay. In case anyone has missed it, uh, Ken Hitchcock was asked about facing the Kings potentially in, um, in the playoffs again. And if he had seen that and he said yes. And then he laid down this fabulous description of the Los Angeles Kings. They're the big, ugly bear that everybody watches. When is he going to look for the, for the garbage? He's looking in the garbage can now. He's entered the dumpster. He's Okay, that's the end of the quote, but he's, like, narrating a hypothetical L.A. Kings bear uh, digging through trash. Is the trash supposed to be the playoffs? Is the playoff race trash to Ken Hitchcock? I don't understand it. I love it. I love everything about it because and i wish there was a video to see if he just like got into the metaphor just like i'm gonna go with this yeah like the playoffs are garbage the other king the other teams in the playoffs are garbage i don't 
I don't know what's going on there, <laughs> but okay. I like that earlier in the quote, he, you know, did that normal quote, uh, the normal, like, go-to line, like, you can't pick your dance partner, yeah. <laughs> um, and then goes into a different, like, metaphor. It was cool, though, in the sense that, because he basically was like, yeah, I noticed. We totally noticed that the gigs were back in the playoffs and that it, you know, related to the Blues somehow. And he was like, everybody is keeping an eye on that team, which is kind of intense because I think from the perspective of people who watch this team every day and think about the state of things for the Kings on the ice and whatnot, it is kind of frustrating. Like, I think they're totally good enough, obviously, to make the playoffs and then get it together and play really well and even possibly make another pretty deep run. But I guess you just sort of don't think about, or at least I don't think about, how other teams are afraid of the Kings. Uh, I, it's that reputation that we love to hate. Uh, the fact that they're so good at coming back or like when their backs are against the wall, you know, being able to pull out a win, pull out another goal, pull out a, like a, a series win and win the Stanley Cup. Even NHL analysts who we always say it's very, you know, East Coast biased, but they're always like the Kings are a playoff team. Um, they wait into it's this is what they do. They wait until the last minute to get into the playoffs. They make it into the playoffs and then go into playoff mode, which is horrifying and scary as hell <laughs> to everyone else. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just a constant refrain of like the Kings are a playoff team. The Kings are a playoff team. And you know what? They are. So I don't doubt if they do uh, make the playoffs this season, they can absolutely go uh, pretty darn deep because it's not it's they, they've had a few struggles, but. By all means, it's not a bad team, so they definitely could kind of, uh, it might be a little interesting with certain players coming back so close to the end, you know, trying to find that balance, that rhythm again, uh, just because those players have been out for so long, but obviously they all know each other very well, as they like to say, they all care about each other very much, so I don't think it would be, it would take too long for them to kind of get their groove back and do all well the playoffs should yeah. they make it. I, I want to see them make it because even you just saying, like with the things kind of being a little shaken up with certain players coming back later, and that, I mean, that's not even just like Alec Martinez out with an injury or Tanner Pearson possibly coming back at some point during the playoffs if it happens. And uh, that's like, you know, Mike Richards possibly being called up again. And also the fact that for a lot of guys, this is a contract year and there are guys who are not going to come back. That could be Justin Williams, which would make me cry. That could be Jarrett Stoll. So I would love to see them make it and then really pull it together and make a strong effort, at least go a couple rounds, maybe. Um I think it could be a lot of fun, actually, because of all of those sort of unknowns and like the, the idea of not being totally sure how the team will change during the summer. It, it could uh, it could be exciting, actually, I think. And uh, so make the playoffs and don't deny me that experience. <laughs> yeah, with all of the contracts that are up, um, it would be cool to make one last hurrah. Yeah. You know, with a team that is uh, the team that they have now. Uh, just one last push. To see, hey, maybe get another. Obviously, this is the most wishful of thinking, but, you know, why not? Yeah. It's our podcast. You can say what we want. Yeah. Win another Stanley Cup while you still got all these people and before the team changes drastically. Come on, guys. Um, yeah. I, so I'm, I'm excited. And I, on the flip side, to take it away from the Kings forever, I have to say that I am amused by what is happening with other teams like the Sharks. 
who continue to be a comedy this season. The sharks are so... I mean, it was great when the Kings reverse sweeped them last season. <laughs> that was just jolly good. Um, the whole Joe Thornton face. Um, I just love the sport of hockey. <laughs> that whole deal. Um, him being stripped of his captaincy. Uh, everyone being like, oh, you know, we're just going to rebuild, like, go younger, whatever. And now everything has kind of, like, it, it's starting to unravel, like, even more so. Like, you can put your fingers through the holes now. When Joe Thornton tells the GM to just shut up. <laughs> yeah. So Joe Thornton said to GM Wilson, Doug just needs to shut his mouth. <laughs> Doug, I love it. <laughs> Doug, shut your mouth, okay? Doug, just to shut your that mouth. That is great. I mean, because, like, Doug Wilson did say some craziness about how, like, because he was talking about why they took away the captaincy, and it was like, oh, you know, it's just a lot of pressure on him, and he gets, like, emotional, basically, is what he was saying, and Joe Thornton not having any of it. So, hilarity um, from the Sharks, which actually would kind of, as much as I do not want to see the Kings wait all the way until the last game of the season to make it into the playoffs, it would be kind of amusing, at least, if... It was that game because it is against the Sharks, and it's like one last way to crush that franchise. One last twist of the knife. Yeah, that would be hilarious, actually. Yeah, now I, it would be hilarious if it was a shutout 3-0 to zero <laughs> just to bookend the regular season nicely. Yeah, don't, le- I don't leave it to that, but if they do leave it to that, I will be entertained. What if it's like a game that will assure the Kings like home ice or something like that? That would work too. You know, like don't leave the fact that they're going to make it into the playoffs until the last game, but maybe this is the last game for them to, you know, get a home ice advantage. I mean, if, like even that. if it's just like sure. the last game and the Sharks have a shot at the playoffs, but they lose to the Kings, that would still be fun. Oh, that would be great too. Oh yeah, like one point they needed to, you know, make it into the last wild card or something mm-hmm. like that, and they can't score a single goal. Oh, that would be so great. <laughs> yeah, I like it. So, you know, do something. I feel like the NHL has set up this beautiful opportunity to make that last game special. I mean, not that they don't generally. I mean, they, they tend to play the Sharks at the end of the season anyway, but this year it could be even more special than usual. So take advantage. Yeah, I'm into that. Um, I think I think that's mostly what we have. I can't think of other Kings things and... I feel like every time I'm like, I should remember this about something that happened for some other team. I promptly forget it. So I can't think of anything else. Do you have other stuff that you maybe wanted to mention? I can't recall anything else. Toronto is still crazy, I guess. That is true. We should always mention. <laughs> By the um, way, what the fuck like, with the Maple Leafs? What's what's happening between like a player on the Toronto Maple, Maple Leafs and... Um, someone in the Toronto media. There's always yeah. something going well, on. Yeah, well, this week, it's not even you know, like, it's, it's not even like, it wasn't even instigated by the media. It was the team, like, they scratched Nazem Kadri because he got confused about daylight savings time and missed a meeting or a practice or something. So he got scratched three games. And then, like, Shanahan was like, well, we could have kept this internal only, but... We, I don't know, maybe he thought he needed to learn something, except for they didn't give any details for why there was like a history of this being a problem. So it kind of seems stupid. I don't know. What is up with that franchise? A lot. And Daylight Savings itself is stupid. Like, come on, cut some <laughs> yeah. slack. Jeez. <laughs> oh, a mess. Yeah, it's been a, it, it, a totally eventful week. But of course, just things fly out of my mind and I can't remember them. Yeah. Oh, oh, I know what I wanted to say, though, related to the Kings, but actually not related to anything relevant. Just I thought it was funny. So on Twitter during the game yesterday, I did call Tyler Toffoli Tyler Togepi. 
And this because a friend of mine was talking about things that Tyler Toffoli looked like. And one of them was Togepi. And I thought that was funny. But then after that, I realized if Tyler Toffoli was going to be a Pokemon, that would be perfect because he, Togepi is a baby Pokemon. And the way that he eventually like evolves is through the power of friendship. <laughs> and his final form, when he fully evolves, is the name becomes Togekiss. So I have been amused by this for like the last two days. That is adorable. <laughs> also, if people don't know what Togepi looks like, he's real yeah. cute. It's a little egg with like a... With like a little star head. <laughs> yeah, basically. If you don't sort know of. what Togepi looks like, he looks like Tyler Toffoli, but in an egg. Yeah, there's a there's a constant, in case people haven't realized what's happening on the internet, I guess, there's a constant thing where people are comparing um, food items, just things to Tyler Toffoli <laughs> in terms of what he looks like. Someone's very insistent that he looks like cauliflower. <laughs> yeah. He's been compared to Joe. Um, some people call him a little pierogi. So there are lots of things. While we were hanging out with the Jewels from the Crown people, we were comparing him to Squash. Yes, that's true. There was an entire conversation over pancakes about how uh, Tyler Toffoli looked like different kinds of squashes. <laughs> and then we all tried to name Squash. So this is real. this is a real yeah, good time. So, uh, we game. like to call him Cupcake. I feel like that's pretty standard, you know? He doesn't look like a cupcake. Yeah, that's not even related to what he looks like. It's just because he loves cupcakes. <laughs> um, other things are more related to what he looks like. But for that look like conversation togepi is my new favorite because he evolves through friendship into toga kiss <laughs> amazing you know tyler Toffoli who got mono so the kissing disease <laughs> so i was just looking at um like a random like wiki article <laughs> on togepi <laughs> and it's talking about using its cute qualities to manipulate to manipulate people so it could cause mischief yeah which sounds fantastic <laughs> and that's so what I'm going if, if I get a chance, if Tyler Foley does something um, that I can use that exact quote to describe what he's just done, <laughs> using his cute qualities to manipulate people <laughs> to cause mischief and then score a goal or something like that, I'm going to use it. Oh, I, I think I would have to figure out a way to make that the title of this episode. <laughs> um, I feel really good about this. Uh, thanks for listening to our podcast. Thank you for um, ending it on this Pokemon related note. And if you have suggestions for what Tyler Toffoli looks like, please let us know. It's a fun game. As long as it's cute. It is a fun game. I love Tyler Toffoli. Anyway, follow us on Twitter. We are at ThanksBud, THX, Beauty, or individually, I am at Chanel Berlin. Oh, and I'm at AKA Diane Fan. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh, she maybe exists? I don't know. (laughs) I was just taking a look for for the next little thing where um, if you're looking for tickets, um, you don't have to go to Stuff. You can always go to TicketMonster.com, go to our website, click on Schedule, and uh, buy tickets through there. Um, They've got two home games left this month, Monday against the Coyotes gross and saturday against the canucks which considering how they played last time might be a pretty good game Could and then be they go on yeah so and then they go on a road trip so you know if you want to see them maybe take a is the way to go yes and then if you want to email us it is chirp at thanksbud.com and i believe that's everything so for now we say farewell thanks for listening again everyone take care of yourselves be good to each other and we will talk to you next week goodbye friends bye everyone